The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome this Tuesday morning to the Source of Truth podcast, and thank you for joining us as we take a few minutes together in God's Word. And we're glad you're joining us throughout this week and hope it's an encouragement. We are in the book of Ephesians. We just finished chapter number 30, or three, there's not even 30 chapters in there, chapter number three of the book of Ephesians yesterday. And today we're gonna pick up in chapter number four. Uh, It's important for us to understand that you can kind of look at the letter of Ephesians. Remember, Ephesians wasn't written as a book, as it was a letter. Paul was writing this letter to the church of Ephesus, encouraging them, instructing them, digging them deeper in the Word of God. Of course, we know it was inspired by God, so it went into the Bible. And so really what we have is it's kind of split in half. And so we're we're really looking at the beginning to look at the second half of this letter. The first half spent a lot of time describing what the church is, the power of the church, the unity of the church, the mystery of the church. And now we begin to see some practical instruction to that church. And when I mean practical, he strikes right off in verse 1 of chapter 4, very specific, and yet I say very practical instruction. So he starts in verse 1. He says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. Now he starts off with a phrase that he has used more than once as he references himself a prisoner, a servant, things of that nature. Again, we mentioned this is a chosen position. He's chosen himself to be obedient to God, his master, which means he has completely submitted every part of his life to that master. He has no control of himself. It's a chosen livelihood as his servant. But a prisoner, he calls him, of the Lord. He said, I beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So he challenges this church to walk worthy of this calling. So today we'll talk a little bit about the idea that I have a calling. And again, one of the things I want us to understand is, and I've I've heard this, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Sometimes I've heard this preached and taught. I hear someone immediately walk to the passage and they immediately say, this is just to the pastor of the church. And please understand, he should lead in this area. But this is not written just to the pastor of the church. This is written to the people, the whole church. So all of us. So When we look back, we have to understand, he says, worthy of the vocation where you're called. Well, what is that calling? Remember the word ecclesia, church, is a called out assembly. And the first three chapters spent time talking about the mystery of this church. What is this new calling that we've been called out of the world to create? A unique, unified, but diverse place where people can come together from all different backgrounds and create a oneness and a unity where animosity has been dropped and Christ becomes the center. Not my opinions, not my politics, not my background, but Christ becomes the center. And we're able to set aside the world's priorities for God's kingdom and focus the right direction. So he says, this is what you, this church has been called to do in this world. So we need to walk worthy of that. Now, what, what does he mean by walking worthy of that? Uh, I've heard, we could go into a lot of detail. I think the most simplistic way to look at this phrase of walking worthy of that is really to recognize that we have received that calling and then recognize it means something. So here's the point. We are the representatives of God on this earth. So if we are, then as we live, as we speak, as we interact with other people, as we serve in our place of business, as we come to church, we need to recognize that what we do represents the person we claim to follow, Christ. And if I 
my life and testimony is just anti what God would teach. I'm not walking worthy of that. I recognize that I am no longer, it's no longer just about me. By the way, it's never just about me. As a father, if I choose to live a horrible life, it affects my family. As a son, if I choose to do something to disgrace the name I've been given, the last name, I affects my family. So everything we do affects others. We understand that. In this situation, it, it, it represents the church. But so he tells us to walk worthy, but then in verse 2, he gives us some basically how-tos and what to do that. So in verse 2, he says this, We walk worthy, have I, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering for bearing one another in love. So he says we must conduct ourselves in a way that reflects our new status. We're Christians. We're church members. We are going to represent. Don't get me wrong. I, it never means perfect. It does not mean righteous or, or holy or super spiritual. Uh, I think what happens is we see that wrongly. We go out and attempt to create what we think is a spiritual look. You know, like... We have to stand in the middle of the street with our hands closed together, embracing a cross and praying. No, that's not what it means. It just means that I, we should naturally, when I'm walking in God, God should naturally reflect through me. And so I must be filled with the Spirit. The last few verses of Ephesians 3 talk about this. Walking in Him, filled with the Spirit. He has control. His power is coming through me. So that's really what he talks about. But then he starts off with humility. And simply what he means by humility is a willingness for us to submit to the Lordship of Christ in the church. So I, you know, we say, well, yeah, I'm going to submit but myself, but in the church. That simply means not everything in the church would be identical to the way I want it. Um, and not everything would be done the way I did it if I were the only one in church. And church should be diverse. It should have various aspects because of various different people coming in. So not everything can look just one way. And, and I would try to be all things to all people, as Paul said, so whereby we might win some. So I, I'm humble to the fact that I'm, I'm part of this church. I'm unified to this church. I'm part of the body of Christ, but I am not any more important than anyone else in that body. So I'm striving to seek God, follow God, not my own opinions or things of that nature. It's easy to come in and, and, and we're used to something or whatever, or we prefer this, and it's easy to miss out on the other people there. So we humble ourselves in submission to God. It's not as easy as it sounds because uh, we're kind of um, selfish people. We want things to be a certain way. And so it's important for us to recognize that this submission is very much submission to God. Not, you know, there are obviously human structure in the church, but I'm submitting to God so that I can say, Lord, what is it you're doing in this church and how can I be part of that? So I'm humble. But then he goes on, he says, with all loneliness and meekness and with long suffering for bearing one another in love. So he mentions long suffering and he mentions taking care of others in love. Now, long suffering, it literally means exactly what it sounds like, that I'm willing to suffer long with other people. Uh, you know, in some situations, uh, someone's hurt me, they've offended me, I'm not going to react right away because I'm going to suffer with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them time to get that right. I'm going to move beyond it. I'm not, frankly, I may never even deal with that because it's not worth the battle. It's, it's a small thing. It's a silly thing. See, if we're going to become that oneness, that unity that God wants in the church, we are going to come up against, with, or come in contact with other people in our church with whom we do not always disagree. That's not always wrong. So sometimes there's going to be levels of conflict, which in itself is not wrong in the right scenario. 
as long as I'm willing to suffer long with them, as long as I'm willing to be patient and encourage them, in some cases, I might find that what is needed there is for me to mature and grow in that area. And so that's one of the aspects of suffering long. But as one commentator put it, he said, what we're doing is we're showing tolerance for others and seeking their well-being. We're showing tolerance for others and seeking their well-being. I'm not as concerned about this person and how it affects me or what I can get from it or what I prefer there to be. Okay, how can I help them? What is the importance of their well-being? Um, other passages of Scripture said, I, I'm more concerned with what other people need than what I need. That's really the church. Here's the thing. If everybody is striving to reach the needs of others, and at some point, naturally, organically, that will respond back to me as well. But the key is I come in and I strive to be long-suffering talent and encouraging others, and I'm forbearing and I'm working with them in love in a way that I can encourage, strengthen, and help them to find what they need. You know, it might be, I might be in that forbearance, a chance to love them and encourage them that may grow them and help make them grow beyond whatever it is that was offensive to begin with. It's all part of different stages of our Christian journey and our Christian growth. So I have a calling. I have a calling as I become part of this church and I grow in the church that God has put me in, that I am willing to recognize that I submit myself to the Lordship of the church to Jesus Christ in his direction, which does mean submitting myself to others. And then I'm willing to minister to others and even sometimes be tolerant of struggles or things so that I can see Christ magnified and maintained. We'll talk a little more tomorrow about that unity and some very important aspects about that unity in it and how we continue to keep that. Well, let me tell you, thanks for joining us on this Tuesday morning. I appreciate the opportunity that you give to me on this daily basis to speak into your life and to unpack the Word of God. I really hope it helps, hope you understand, hope it's encouraging, and I hope that you'll stick with us and keep, uh, keep following along in God's Word as we strive to walk together through God's Word. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.